I'm Corey. I'm Lydia. And we are exploring the world of anime. This is Anime Study Hall. Lydia, we are back at it. Are we? <laughs> I ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have torn myself away from Animal Crossing long enough to record an anime podcast. Oh, there you go. I was about to ask you, how was that? But then I feel like we'll get derailed. Uh, uh, not at all. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the perfect quarantine uh, video game, I think. It actually sounds really fun. I'm trying my hardest not to purchase the game and to not actually play it. That's kind of where I'm at. There's a Switch shortage happening right now, so you might not have a choice anyway if you don't already have a Nintendo Switch. I mean, I do have a Switch. I just haven't bought the game because I've, uh, I've refrained for that purpose just to like... You're holding yourself back. Holding myself back because I, again, uh, I binge on a lot of things. <laughs> so I'm trying not to do that because I have enough binging to do, enough binge watching stuff. And I can't also binge on a video game as well and try to get some work done. So I'm trying my hardest not to play it, but I have a lot of friends who have it. I logged in, I think, like a couple of days ago to my Switch, which I hadn't done in a while. And I actually had 24 friend requests <laughs> from my friends who apparently everyone's just like at home uh, doing their thing. So it was great. I was like, great, guys. I want to play Animal Crossing, but don't. Your willpower is incredible. It only because I haven't really played it. I played it a couple years ago, but on my phone. And I don't think that did it justice. So it's not making me want to play it. But if the phone game would have been like great, or I don't know if it's the same or not, then maybe I would be like super into it. Oh, you're talking about Pocket Camp on the uh, yes, the mobile version? Mm -hmm. I was only doing the mobile version, and it was cool, and I was super into it, but at the same time, I was able to just put it down eventually. So um, that's kind of where I'm at, so I'm trying to refrain, but, you know, I'm glad everyone else is really enjoying it. That sounds really fun. Well, I wish you luck on your, <laughs> on, <laughs> on your holding back of, of starting Animal Crossing. Um we talk about it in passing on uh, le level to level. Um, so we talk about it a little bit, but we don't really do a deep dive on it. But um, You guys should. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've talked about um, doing a more open game like that. Um, but so far, we've just been sticking to like story, story focused games. Okay. I mean, yeah. it, it sounds like it's really um, like this huge phenomenon, honestly, even before, you know, the whole quarantine happening. So, I mean, it'd be worth maybe maybe talking about it since I know you guys are probably already playing it. <laughs> I think that game came out at the perfect time than any game has ever been released. It came out, I think, um two days two or three days maybe a week before uh maybe a week after the uh lockdown happened here in california so um a bunch of people inside a bunch of people with their nintendo switch and this game drops where it's you know you have to build a community um on your island and nintendo just couldn't have they couldn't have timed it any better if they tried i know it almost feels like they knew you know obviously they didn't but it's like there's a per this was like the most perfect time. I don't think any of my friends are doing anything other than playing 
Animal Crossing at the moment, to be honest. There's a good conspiracy theory in there somewhere. <laughs> they created it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to talk some uh, anime? But yes, let's talk some anime. Let's do it. So um, as always, we start off with a vocabulary lesson. Uh, Lid, what do you got for us today? All right. Today, I'm going to keep it simple. We're going to talk about shonen. So shonen is our term for the day. And uh, shonen is a genre of Japanese comics and animated films aimed primarily at young male audiences. So typically, um, that's the category in the manga or in the anime itself. Um, so again, it's primarily focused on like young males. They're like the protagonist. And also because they're the protagonist, the, what is it? The focus group are, you know, young men, even though technically at this point in time, I've realized I love Shonen. That's basically the one. That's my, that's my jam. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our way. So heavy on the action. Heavy on the action, um, heavy on the humor, um, low on the gore. Um, doesn't mean there isn't any gore, but it's not like super heavy gore, um, which is interesting because I was trying to look up if um, Attack on Titan is shonen, um, but it, I can't actually find if it is or isn't. So I was looking over the list of um, episodes that we have in mind to do the uh, anime that we um, have planned to watch. And it seems like a lot of it kind of fits into this um, category. I'm hoping that we kind of um, don't only do shonen, um, but maybe we do something that um, is sort of targeted at a different demographic. Yes. I mean, um, right now, actually, when I mentioned that I couldn't find it before about Attack on Titan, that one's definitely gory and it is not shonen um, because of its gore. Um, so there are some out there. I've also heard great things about Babylon. Now, that's not gory, but that just what I've heard of it, which I won't talk about it right now, um, it is definitely not meant for like young teenage boys or anything like that um even though again it doesn't mean they're the only population that watches it it just means that's what's you know geared towards um but i i think we're gonna be able to like splinter off because i don't think some of our other animes necessarily shonen um but no i think we're we're going in the right direction as as far as like exploring the beginning of um the beginning of our exploration towards anime I don't think we're only going to stay towards um, shonen. One thing that will be interesting as we move along on this journey is when we do watch shonen, if the shows we are watching moves beyond just having a bunch of action geared towards boys, mm -hmm. you know, like um, uh, shows that will transcend that. Well, where they're still in that particular genre, but they the the stories are so well told that they move beyond being just shonen. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to explore because, again, I feel like and I know I brought it up last week when we were talking about Death Note because Death Note is shonen. Um, but again, low on the gore, there's still like, you know, gore that you could say, but it's low on it. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched um, Attack on Titan, 
that's like high on gore. Um, so if we ever put it on our list, you'll see immediately that it's like, okay, this is not shonen. Um, so that'll, like you said, it'll be interesting that even to find out the ones that are considered shonen, you know, if we can kind of figure out, they go deeper than, than just what it looks like, you know? Excellent. All right. Uh, you want to go ahead and move into the main lesson? Sure. So grab your grimoire because we're going to be talking Black Clover. Oh my God. This is such a good show. <laughs> so uh, 2017 to present, uh, directed by Tetsuya Yoshihara. Uh, the studio is Piero. And um, just a quick synopsis. It's, it's a world of magic. And these two orphans are left on the doorstep of a church. You have the confident you know and the, let's just say, rambunctious Asta. Uh, they make their way to a magic academy where they both vow to attain the title of Wizard King. I love it. I just love that show. <laughs> I love that show so, so much. So did you, did you know anything about this before we started watching it? I didn't. So I hadn't heard anything about it before we started watching it. Um, so it was one of the few that I've actually gone in there just without any prior knowledge on what it was about. Um, so I was immediately super excited once I started watching it because I realized, oh, my God, I want to know what's going to happen. What's going to happen next? Like that, just the four episodes and I see it on my notes. Um, I was supposed to only watch four. I went ahead and I think I watched 25 on my first like sitting. Um, even like my own notes that I've had for a while that I went, went back and tried to read. There's not many notes to read because I obsessed over the show and I just kind of took like a huge deep dive which is funny but um I mean I was just really intrigued by the show I wanted to know like what's next what's next that's usually what gets me to try to like really dive into a show is if it keeps me guessing and wondering and um like it gives me hints of what I'm gonna see but if I'm still able to be surprised by certain things or excited which Black Clover has 100 percent um and it has really great characters as well that you just kind of grow to love. So usually when I start a new show, I will at least read a little synopsis of it. Um, I did not do that with Black Clover. Um, I had seen just the thumbnail on uh, the Verve interface. Um, so I did not know anything. And this show had me almost exactly from the get-go. Um, I love the characters, which we'll talk a little bit more about here in a little while. Um, I like the world that they set up. It had, so I have this in my notes, um, but the first thing that we should get out of the way is there is a heavy uh, Harry Potter uh, element going on here. And I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Um, again, it's really funny and I'm not going to try to talk too much about the other anime, but it also, now looking back at my notes, it has like, super strong um bnha my hero academia vibes um but they're not the same and they're very different i believe probably black clover um came before it so it's not copying the other one but again it's shonen so it's it's got some similarities um but very different different worlds different setting um different characters i love the comedic relief like just constant comedic relief like i was just every time i'm watching it i can find myself like cracking up about something that the characters are doing um but 
definitely also Harry Potter vibes because of the whole magic. Like, there's magic. I freaked out when I, I saw it in my notes and immediately when I was like, of course there's magic. <laughs> like, this is an amazing show. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm a huge nerd. So when I heard like, wait, there's like, they have magic and he doesn't have magic. And by he, I mean Asta. And it was just, it just got me really excited. It's a very good show. Hi, Harry Potter vibes. So I think before we get too deep into it, and I think we should say from the get-go, we're obviously going to be uh, talking about this pretty in-depth, at least the first four or five episodes. So just be warned, there. Uh, from here on out, there are going to be uh, spoilers. So um, you've, been, you've been warned. <laughs> so the first thing that kind of struck me about this when I was thinking about um, our conversation about it was the first thing I did was um, compare it to the first show that we talked about um, last time, Death Note, and kind of a different vibe going in here. A lot, a lot more humor. You know, Death Note seemed to have zero humor. This <laughs> yes. one has a lot of humor. Yes, that's correct. And I think it pulls it off excellently, to be honest. It really does. Um, it does a really good balance at like pulling out your heartstrings for like emotional scenes. And it also does a great job of just like, again, Asta is so over the top, like completely over the top. I just don't even know how to explain it because I feel like some people would potentially find him a little bit annoying, but I feel like he's one of those characters that grows on you because he's very loud. So he's very loud and like almost obnoxious but in a very endearing way at the same time, once you kind of get to know a little bit of his backstory, which is something that I really found interesting in at least the first couple of episodes, um, that they do a lot of flashbacks, not a lot, but they do sufficient to kind of show you where you know and Asta are coming from. And I think they pull that off so, so well. Um, and again, they do a great job at, you know, pulling out your heartstrings and then they make you cry at the same time. And I just... I, I don't know, like cry laughing and crying, crying. Um, it's, I just, I remember this show um, when I first watched it, I really, and again, I was looking at my notes. Um, something that really stood out to me was I made a note that I hadn't put too much notes because I was reading the subs. Cause this is one of the shows that I could only get my hands on as a subs. Um, couldn't dub it, which is cool. Cause I prefer subs, but at the end of the day, it just kind of gave me another excuse not to make notes. Um, Cause I didn't want to. And I was just like, so focused on what was being shown and <laughs> shown in, um, shown in the show, <laughs> but no. Yeah. I, I don't know. I love this show. I need to actually binge the entire seasons, all of them. Let's talk about Asta for a, a few minutes. So at first, the first time we meet him, you know, he's, uh, he's crying in the crib and, uh, you know, is very stoic. Um, and not making a sound, but Asta is going crazy in the crib. And so my first thought is, oh my God, this, this is going to be the most annoying character that I've ever, that I've ever come across in any sort of media. But Asta, I can say is my favorite character of any anime that I have ever seen. I am in love with this character. He's great. That, but like, I feel like, um, again, kind of like what I mentioned, I also got the same feeling like, oh, my God, he's going to annoy me. Um, he does not like maybe initially like some glimpses of him. They you know, he does. But 
they just do uh, that character justice. Asta is just a really well-rounded character. Again, he's got annoying components, but overall, like, he grows on you. Um, like, he's got a really good heart. He is so funny. Um, he has a, a crush on one of the nuns, right? Sister. I just, yeah, sister. It's just the weirdest thing that you're like, why is that endearing? It's not initially, but then you're like, oh, like, this is this is his family. Like, this is just all he's known. And again, he just really grows on you, um, starting from someone who initially you think he's going to be annoying. Um, and yet he's not like you end up loving him somehow. And it's not that you're not the first person that I've heard that from. Um, I was recently talking to one of my friends who tried suggesting I watch black Clover. And I was like, I have already began watching it and I love it. Um, and he was like, Oh my God, I thought I was going to hate Asta. And then he's like, I love him. <laughs> but he was telling me he was so annoying. Like, I guess at first glimpse, you're just like, he's going to be annoying. And he is not. Um, I, I just, I don't even know how they pulled it off, to be honest. His tenacity is just inspiring. You know, he has, you know, has um, this uh, predisposition of using magic and Asta has none. He has no, <laughs> he has no um, adeptness with using magic at all. But through sheer willpower, he is going to be successful. He's like, if I, if I can't, wield magic like everyone else then i am just gonna do more sit-ups and more push-ups than any human has ever performed in their life and he just he will not be stopped anybody else you know oh i well i just can't use magic so you know i don't even have you know why even try you know yeah. but that's that's not him at all and he's such a pure-hearted individual all he wants to do is he wants to he he says it over and over again where he wants to be wizard king um in order so he can come back to the church and help everybody that he grew up with and that's his driving motivation is to help others um and he's not going to be stopped by the fact that he doesn't have any ability to use magic and that's almost it becomes his magic his his um his will to succeed is almost his superpower, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I hard agree. So I want to read you a quote here that I think that sums up Asta in my mind. Okay. Okay. He says at one point, don't you underestimate me, fate. And I think that's pretty much all you need to know about Asta. Even fate itself cannot stop him. Even the rules of the universe are not going to keep him from his goal of becoming wizard king. Um, you know, just taking on fate itself seems like something that no mortal human would want to do, but he will not be stopped even by fate itself. I know. And I think, I think you nailed it there. Um, that is the, one of the best things about Asta and, I'm going to pivot slightly towards, you know, because he is the reason why, you know, is also so great um, because he inspired, you know, as a younger kid, you know, he saved him once when he was getting beat up and like that lingered 
So basically, you know, decided I also want to be strong. And like, you know, he was looking up to Asta from the beginning from when they were kids. And so basically, we've got these two, um, these two really driven characters um, that are kind of catapulted by each other. One, like, definitely because he knows it's because of Asta. And, um, you know, you know, I'm sorry. And Asta, basically, based on what you said, which is, you know, his family. I think that's something that I really love. Like, the fact that they're catapulted by each other. You know, like, their affection for the greater good. So they both want to be the best. They, in a good way. Not in a... I want to be better than you, in particular. It's just mainly... I want to be the best, so it's the best for everyone else, which is great. That flashback um, where it shows them as kids could not have come at a better time. Because as of this point, all you've seen, you've seen the, the thing where one character is really good at something and one character is terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, that's going to drive the whole story. But you come to learn that... It was, you know, as being the kind of weaker character when they were ju- when they were growing up, mm-hmm. and it was Asta who was kind of the the hero yeah. um, of of when they were children. Yeah. Um. Again, like, I think that's the best thing because when they were kids, they were they were brothers. You know, they're um, like they're not biologically brothers, but the fact that they were both. Um, in a, an orphanage, um, you know, so they were each other's uh, family. Yeah. They're each other's family. They're each other's peers. And like, I, I kind of love that cause I have seen it in other, well, like another media and other media content, for example, where you have a scenario like this, but instead you have one that gets, you know, upset that the other one is better. Um, but instead they both kind of use it to drive each other. Like, I want to be the best. And if you want to be the best, that means you're going to have to outdo me. But again, they're both trying to do what's best for everyone. They're not just like, I'm trying to beat you because that's not really their end game. Their end game is they want to be the best. Um, what is it? Uh, is it Ward? Wizard King. Wizard King. There we go. Yes. So I don't know. I love it. I was super devastated, by the way, when... Um, Asta didn't get a grimoire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, no, <laughs> this is the worst thing ever because he's been waiting for so long. And I was just, I remember being super upset, like, no, what are they doing? But again, that's kind of what gets you with this anime that you just, you can't really, ex- you don't really know what to expect because you figure like, okay, maybe he's going to be weak, but like they got to do something, you know, he's got to have something. Um, So when they... They did that whole thing. I kind of freaked out a little bit. Like, no, he's such a good character. Give him one. You know, mm. this is what he wants to be. And, um, yeah. Yeah. When he goes to the, uh, when they have their trials at the uh, village, um, he even says at one point, I'm not here. I'm not here not to work hard. I'm here to work my tail off to become the wizard king. <laughs> so you just love it. But going back to what you said, yeah, the, the the two characters i i just love the way that they're set up against each other but they push each other in such a positive way where when you first see it you're like okay they they both have the same goal they want they both want to be the wizard king 
And so this is going to make them, you know, one is going to be the antagonist to the other. But it's almost like a bromance where, you know, I think in the in the end credits, they even do a fist bump yeah, they where do. they're kind of driving each other to be better. And I just, you know, I was kind of juxtaposing it with what we saw in Death Note, where we have L and Light and they're two opposing forces mm-hmm. and it's completely antagonistic. Yeah. But in this one, it's just a pure, a pure friendship. Um you know, you're going to inspire me. I'm going to inspire you. So, you know, what we learn um, towards the end when only one person can be Wizard King, um, presumably, um, you know, we'll we'll see who finally sort of made, gets their final goal. But the dynamic between those two characters is just infectious. And I think it's what really kind of sets this anime apart. And I think so. Because, um, again, we just so constantly see antagonists. That it's, it really is a breath of fresh air to see these two very strong characters that have actual affection for each other versus just like, you know, their mortal enemy, their sworn enemy or whatever, um, their nemesis, because um, they're not that, you know, they're just, they're these two really strong in their very own different ways. Because again, you know, is just like super driven, serious character. And then we've got like Asta, who's also extremely driven, but he's just like so awkward, so weird. Um, and I just keep thinking of like, um, you know, those scenes where he's just doing like the most push-ups, like he's being super extra <laughs> just because he wants to be better. And so, again, um, they show it in a comedic way, but it's also super endearing. You know, like he's working so hard to become the best. And like, again, it's him doing like push-ups and sit-ups like a crazy amount to get buff. But it's like, you know that it's for the greater good. It's not just for himself. Um, And these two characters really have that. And I love that about them. Was there a moment that that sticks with you after after watching what you did of the show? Um, I feel like it was when they went to the royal capital, basically. And they were trying to get into the team. And there's that one scene where this, like, very arrogant character is like, oh, I'll battle this guy who's basically shown no magical abilities. Because um, I forgot, I think we've forgotten to mention that. So basically, As is an amazing character, but he has no magic whatsoever. So he ends up getting the grimoire, which is the Black Clover, which is, like, the most... The, the best one there is basically chose him, but he has no magic. So it's like, how, you know, how does he, how is he the one that gets like the, basically like the strongest um, book? Because that's what the grimoire is. It's like the, the book, um, but he has no ability to actually do anything with it. Or so we think so far. Um Again, I remember that during those trials, you know, everyone could already tell that he had no magical abilities. But at some point in time, he was supposed to fight someone who did. Um, But no one wanted to go up against him because they were just like, oh, this is like, no, you know, they felt bad or whatever. But this arrogant guy was like, hell yes, I'm going to battle him and I'm going to like, you know, smash him. And that is how I'm going to earn my place on a team. And obviously, um... You know, Asta 
kicks his butt because he's still physically fit. So he was able to like wield this like crazy strong sword and he was able to win that battle and like obviously none of the better teams were able to wanted to choose him because they're like this fool has no you know he has no magic we're not going to choose him he can't be part of a team um but of course the what i called in my notes the outcast team is the one that chooses him um and that just stuck with me because it's like i'm calling it the outcast team and um you know we learned real quick that it's it's a very good team it's just not with the who you would assume are like the best um you know the best of a pod or a best of any kind of choosing um but that stuck with me because again there's this jerk you know trying to use him to propel himself into a team and he ends up doing the complete opposite for being a douche you know so that kind of stuck with me and i loved it um talking about the team um that he gets on it has my second favorite character the uh gordon agrippa the goth the goth kid oh the, um, <laughs> the goth kid that said that that one thing that got us i wish he would kill me. <laughs> he just like mumbled it i wish he would kill me oh man just the comedic relief in this thing is just so amazing it's so good it's so yeah. amazing yeah, because I've got a few moments that um, when I look back on the show, I think uh, are are really going to stay with me. Um, the first is, um, you know, when they're at the uh, when they're at the trials and there's those birds um, that pester you based on how much magic you have. And the camera cuts to Asta and he's just covered in covered in birds that are all kind of pecking at him. Um, but you know he he just will not be stopped and that and then there's also the um the training sequence where he's kind of on his own and he's uh wielding that um sword yes um and he just he just does not stop trying to get better and that's when he says um the line about um you know don't underestimate me fate um i will be i you know he he's saying i will not be i will not be pushed away by something as frivolous as fate and then I think so another um, the last image that's going to kind of stay with me is during the flashback after their fight with that uh, with that guy um, and the, the camera is over the two of them and they're laying on the ground and so the camera is directly above them and you've got you know lying there and then you've got Asta also and Asta kind of smiles and he's got one of his teeth missing and it's just <laughs> such a it's such a sweet little snapshot of their lives before um they came of age to use magic and the the way their relationship was um really from the from the very get go yeah like um well not i was going to say i have a scene but it's not really one that like stuck out to me because of the scene itself but i remember um, again, I was browsing my notes real quick, but like, I remember this, um, the one where basically the Black Clover Grimoire chooses him because he ends up protecting, you know, and it's just, again, that's a great moment. It's a great moment. It's just like it. And the fact that this all happened in like episode one. And I think that's something very important, um, to just kind of like shine light on the show. Cause you just never really know what to expect out of it. Um, like you're watching something and you're like, all right, cool. I guess you didn't get one. And like, that sucks. And again, I, I'm, 
I was mentioning that like I was kind of sad like oh no he's got no magic he's got no grimoire like this is just gonna be what we'll see what the show is and then like literally the next scene was you know you know getting attacked and you know he can't even really defend himself he's like already in chains and I'm like this is the first episode and we're already having like action what's going on uh (laughs) like it just kind of like grabs your attention really quick and then on top of that to find out like oh snap like he's getting he got the black clover like how again how how is this guy that has no magic gets the one that like no one's gotten in a long time and um again it kind of just puts you at the edge of the seat like what's gonna happen um even with the trials for example i was like i mean he can have whatever grimoire he wants but at the end of the day, and I think that's something good to kind of remember with these characters is um, they do they do a really good job at reminding us that no matter what, if we have like the tools for something, it doesn't always mean we're going to succeed. And then there's people that don't have them, but they manage to. And I think it's just has these really good, wholesome like messages in it, um, which I just like love. I completely agree. It's from all the anime that I've seen. This one, I feel, has the most lessons involved in it, like life lessons. Just work hard, have tenacity, don't worry about the abilities that other people have. Mm -hmm. Just concentrate on always getting better and getting better within yourself and making the most of whatever, um, you know, making the most of whatever assets that you have to become the best person that you can find your goal and work tirelessly until you achieve that goal. Yes. How about we move on to some extra credit? Ooh, let's move on to the extra credit that I did not do this week. So, um, I always like to look at the creators, um, and see what they've done before. Like what is, what else is in their, in their resume. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this was, um, Black Clover was done by Piero Studios. This, uh, they were established in all the way back in 1979. So I wrote down just three other anime um, as representative of other titles that they, they are known for. Um, and tell me if you've ever heard of these. How about Bleach? Yes. Okay. Naruto. Yes. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul. These people know what they're doing when it comes to creating anime. Okay. I love it. So I did a little research. The director, Tetsuya Yoshihara, he on the uh, Anime News Network, and I'll put a link to this in the in the show notes, it has his resume. He's worked on over 60 anime titles in different roles, and he is, as of this year, only 32 years old. Oh, my God. He's younger than yeah. me. Yeah, so he's... He's prolific. And, you know, it. once Black Clover kind of wraps up, I'm really curious to see what he does after this. So how about I go a little deeper? Go, um, okay. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. So the theme song is Wicked. I love it. It's metal. It's hardcore. It's fantastic, right? Yes. Kenkaku Piero is the band um, that, that does the opening theme song. Okay. Uh, formed in Osaka, Japan in 2013. I couldn't find a lot about this group because I was kind of interested to hear um, more of their music, but I couldn't really find any. Um, it turns out they, they're they not hired by any sort of major studio. They kind of uh, put out their music on their own. 
So um, I found on um, japananimemusic.com, and I'll also put this in the show notes, um, I found a um, live action video um, for the song that is used in the um, in the opening sequence. And the video is is pretty cool. It's got some sort of uh, some sort of futuristic uh, dystopian future kind of vibes going on. Um, but the thing of note that I wanted to say about that video was parts of the video was filmed in this. So, like I said, I, I'm getting pretty deep down the rabbit hole. Go here, ahead, so go ahead. Follow along with me. So, the parts of the band um, was shot at this thing called the uh, the Metropolitan Area Outer Underground Discharge Channel. Now, what the hell is that, right? Yes, that's my so face. So, <laughs> this is a huge underground drain that is used to keep people safe from typhoons. This thing took 13 years and three billion dollars to build. And so they shot part of the uh, music video in this um, area, and the uh, unofficial name of it is the Underground Temple, um, and it really looks cool. So I found a little article about the um, the drain on uh, jrocknews.com, and once again, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay. So how about we announced our next lesson? All right. It comes from 2009. The director is Yasuhiro Arie. The studio is Bones, and the name is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Also known as FMA Brotherhood. So how about we wrap this thing up? All right. Okay. If you did like what you hear, um, one thing you can do to help out the show is to go on the Apple Podcast app. Um, give us a five-star rating and uh, maybe leave a review if you feel like typing out some words about it. Um, it really helps the show and we'd really appreciate it. If you want to join in on the discussion, uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Anime Study Hall. You can also reach out to us on Facebook and that's also at Anime Study Hall. And you can also find us on Instagram. Anime Study Hall is part of Brainy Stem where we have other pop culture related podcasts and you can find those at brainystem.net. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at underscore Pikalele. That's P-I-K-E-L-E-L-E. And Lid, go ahead and tell us where we can find you. Uh, Lidizia, that's on Instagram, L-I-D-I-Z-Z-I-A. And on Twitter, which I never really use, but everyone's welcome to use that one. Um, it's That's No Bueno. So at That's No Bueno. Excellent. So we'll see you here next time when we'll be discussing Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. See you later. Bye. Toodaloo. Rainy stay.